Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Ignited Podcast. We are Adrian and Jennifer Pina, bringing practical and spiritual tools to ignite your marriage. Welcome to episode two. We are so excited to be with you guys again today. We are beginning a new series on the podcast talking about barriers to intimacy. So these things will are actually preventative in having intimacy grow in your relationship. And so we're going to be talking about that over the next couple episodes, kind of in a threefold way. We're going to talk about barriers first to emotional intimacy. Then we'll also talk about barriers to spiritual intimacy and barriers to physical intimacy. So we'll begin today by looking at emotional intimacy. Yeah, it's awesome. So we're going to take a step back for a moment because before we look at these barriers, we have to kind of define our terms. What does the word intimacy actually mean? It's a word that's thrown around quite a bit, but it's a word that often we don't define. And why is it so important to a thriving marriage? Yeah. So intimacy, according to dictionary.com, is a close, familiar, and usually loving relationship with another person or group. So Focus on the Family has a great definition that we really like, and it says that being intimate involves the mixing of our lives with another's, the mingling of souls, a sharing of hearts. This is something that we all long for because it is how God made us. We were designed to connect. Yeah, absolutely. So God made us as emotional, spiritual, and physical beings. You and I talk about this all the time. Yeah. Those um, those elements are interdependent and, and interconnected, right? And so um, we can't, you know, take apart one from the other. They're very um, connected. So before we look at the barriers to emotional intimacy, uh, let's understand what it even means. We love this quote by uh, Christian author Jill Savage. Um, She beautifully describes it. So she says, emotional intimacy occurs where there is enough trust and communication between you and your spouse that it allows you both to share your innermost selves. Deep emotional intimacy is when we feel wholly accepted, respected, and admired in the eyes of our mate, even when they know our innermost struggles and failures. Emotional intimacy fosters compassion and support, providing a firm foundation for a marriage to last a lifetime. All right, so I love this quote so much. I love several parts of it. Um, Let's first break down like this one sentence. She says, so deep emotional intimacy is when we feel wholly accepted, respected, and admired. Mm -hmm. Wow. That does speak so, so much to how God designed marriage. Um, I really feel like, you know, when you think about when you're first dating, we were talking about this story earlier. So when Adrian and I were first dating, which was 15 years ago (laughs) or more, um, we had those Nextel. Walkie talkie to beep phones. Yeah. Do you guys remember those phones? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. We like burned those out. We desired to know each other so much. Um, on an emotional level that we would spend hours and hours and hours talking on those phones, like till late in the middle of the night, uh, walking back and forth to one another. Mm-hmm. That was such a special time, wasn't it? Oh, it was a great time. And then it the whole thing was, is that we were connecting on a deeper, more emotional level, right? Yeah. We started having some conversations about life, about like 
things that we dreamed about and things that we wanted to accomplish. And we started having kind of way beyond surface level conversations where we were really starting to connect deeply. And I think that's where we really fell in love. I mean, connecting over direct connect because we were connecting with each other's hearts. Like the focus on the family quote talks about the mingling of souls. The mingling of souls was happening there because it was so much deeper, the level of connection than it was just kind of like we were going purposely kind of deep. Yeah. And I think there's something so powerful when somebody really knows all of your stuff and loves you anyway, (laughs) you know, and desires to continue to know more and more about you and and wants to hear what you have to say um, and just listen. It's so powerful, you guys. It's so healing. It's so transformative. It's really God's perfect design for marriage. You know, if you think about it. And I think that's what he ultimately desires for us. Yeah. He wants us to, on a human level, have a relationship where we are deeply known as a little glimpse or reflection about Mm. how deeply known and loved that we are by him. Amen. And so that's a beautiful thing when that functions correctly within the context of marriage. Amen. Yeah. So here's another quote that we love. The marriage covenant allows us to fully put down our barriers and defenses and to be our true selves. We can stop the striving, doubting, and worrying we don't have to fear our spouse truly knowing us and walking away because they have promised to be with us until death and vice versa this is a quote by Alyssa bethke in the love that lasts uh for women a uh, workbook now guys all the resources that we mentioned today we will make sure to have linked down in the description and also in the show notes uh so that way if you guys want to investigate those more further you can uh, be able to do that yeah check them out so check them out good stuff good stuff So now let's go ahead and talk about those barriers. So what are those things that are literally blocking us from growing in intimacy on an emotional level? Talking about that today. Now we are going to go ahead and highlight three, but this is by no means exhaustive. And there are many other different uh, barriers that potentially exist. But these are three of the common ones that we've experienced in our own experience and that we've run across in, um, you know, counseling with couples and various other different things. So let me go on and just say what they are and then we'll break them down a little bit. Yeah. So number one is mentally checking out, basically just emotionally checking your emotions at the door. You're physically present, but you, uh, but that's about it. You ain't invested in the conversation. You just, for whatever reason, and there are legitimate reasons for that. And there are illegitimate reasons for that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. The second thing is really fear of rejection. And if you think about it, nobody wants to be rejected, right? How many of you want to raise your hand right now and say, I want to be rejected, Right. No No. person in their right mind wants to experience rejection because God wired us for connection, for relationship. Right. So out of this fear of rejection, what it really does is it limits authenticity and vulnerability in the context of the relationship. And if you can't be authentic and have transparency with your spouse, the closest relationship you're supposed to have on this earth, then how can we really have that in the context of human relationship? Right. Mm -hmm. And so with this fear of rejection, it prevents us from being emotionally honest with each other. And that's ultimately what we want. And really the last one is just general precepts about bad communication. There are just a lot of general things. I mean, and we all are very guilty of this at, at a given time about yeah. communicating ineffectively. And so bad communication is another one that is a barrier to emotional intimacy. So you guys, I'm going to start with just breaking down what it means to mentally check out. I think we all do this like all the time. Um, And sometimes it's unintentional and sometimes it's intentional. So um, what does it look like to mentally check out? First of all, um, sometimes we're distracted. 
Um, maybe we're just over it in our marriage. Maybe we're just over the conversation, the day, yeah. all the things. Um, maybe we're just being plain old lazy in our marriage and we mentally check out. Maybe we are so disinterested and the relationship is so broken that we have just completely checked out. Um, so all of these kind of things happen, right? So no matter what the reason, this is a huge barrier for mm-hmm. emotional intimacy when we yeah. mentally check out. Um, so let's talk about the unintentional ways. Uh, I know for me, as, a, as, as, a, as your wife, um, I, I have been guilty of, um, you know, just mentally checking out, like you'll be talking to me and there's been times and I'm sure all of you other wives have done this. Um, so there's grace for us, but like, there's times when Adrian will be talking to me and he has talked for like 20 minutes and I've literally not heard a word he said. Uh-huh. That is just me being completely distracted, whether it's on my phone or, distracted in my own world whether it's my own thoughts or things I'm working on or thinking about and I've completely not heard a word he said now that is really hurtful sometimes it is yeah yeah like it's hurtful I mean it's it's hurtful like I've seen you completely deflate when when I say and when I realize like hello I've not even been listening and I say to him um honey I'm sorry but I haven't even heard a word you say I could see him visually deflate like And and vice versa. I mean, it's happened with me as well. There are times when it's very easy for me when I am just tired and I don't want to waste mental energy, if I can say, to be able to easily fall into uh, watching a YouTube video or doing something on my phone. I will be an arm's length away from Jen where I could physically touch her on the same couch and she's talking to me and I have my face in my phone. And when I have my face in my phone, I will hear audibly words coming from her mouth, but I will not have heard anything that she has said. And she'll sometimes say to me because I'm distracted. She'll say, I need your eyes. Mm -hmm. And that whole, uh, the whole idea of that is basically when we're actually looking at each other, Mm -hmm. it is a way of saying that I'm here. I'm invested right now. We're looking at each other. We're invested in this conversation. And so now that's like my cue and that's something we just kind of worked on. And it's just kind of, fallen into place and you know you could take that in an offensive way but to me it's not offensive at all it means like okay now i need to actually listen to what's going on yeah and so yeah it's Mm -hmm. true so you know unintentionally sometimes we're just distracted sometimes we're tired both of those ways Mm -hmm. um but then there's also uh mentally checking out because we are doing it intentionally um I'm sure we've done this as well. I've oh, yeah. definitely seen, we've definitely seen this in couples that we've counseled and, and met with and mentored. Um, just sometimes we mentally check out um, because we're just so done in the relationship and we, we're just checked out basically. Um, sometimes we mentally check out to punish the other person. And this is something that can be so harmful um, in your relationship, but you're literally like, like, punishing them through silence or just checking out in the situation either way Uh either way whether it's an unintentional or intentional mental checkout we need to check our hearts guys okay because they it, it really does matter and it really is a barrier to our emotional intimacy if we want to have a healthy and thriving marriage, we have to be engaged. Yeah. And it's not going to be 100% of the time. Obviously, there's grace. But like we do have to make the investment and be engaged in our relationship mentally checking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to be. We yeah. have to mentally check in. Yeah, so good. 
So the second thing we kind of want to talk about a little bit was this idea of the fear of rejection. All right. So um, this is rejection is such a powerful emotion. Yeah. Since we're so innately wired that way to have human contact, to be rejected by somebody that you love is so deeply hurtful. Um, And it's hurtful on so many levels, especially on an emotional level. Yeah. So we're all prone to disappointment, if you think about it, and feelings of rejection, especially in the aftermath of being hurt within the context of a relationship or in a broken relationship in and of itself. Um, When I think about this, I think right back to the garden in Genesis chapter two, verses 18 to 20, it reads as follows. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock, into the birds of the heavens, into every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. All right. So the only thing that God um, has said was not good was for man to be alone. Think about that, you guys. Think about that. He finishes his glorious creation. He has done all this work to build this amazing world. And the only thing that he thought was not good was for man to be alone. Um, So Adam didn't have anyone that he could relate to. You know, he was the only being of his type. And so God saw to it that woman was created. Yes, that's right. That's right. (laughs) So my point is that humans were made, you guys, to be relational beings. We are biologically wired for the longing to belong. We fear being seen in a critical way. Um, We're anxious about the prospect of being cut off, isolated, or rejected. All of this is so important and so important to how we are wired as human beings. So the fear of rejection is closely tied, understandably, to insecurities, to guilt, to shame. All of that's really closely connected. Yeah. Yeah, and if we think about it, if you think about the concept of rejection, right, Um, if a person is in a marital relationship and they are worried about being rejected by their spouse for whatever reason, they might be unwilling to really share how they feel. Mm. I mean, and if you're unwilling to really share how you feel, you can be taken advantage of, you can be, uh, you know, not, your needs are not being met. Uh, you know, you're voiceless in the marriage. I mean, there's so many different deep seated hurt things that can happen in light of that situation. A spouse should make their their spouse feel safe, mm-hmm. that they are safe to bring to them their emotions and what they're feeling at that time. You know, Jen and I talk a lot when we talk about emotions to people. We say a lot of times that we have to own how we feel, right? And that I can never tell her how to feel. So whatever feeling that she is feeling is valid because that's how she is feeling, okay? Yeah, so so I can't say that it's invalid by what I perceive about the way that she feels, so a lot of times it takes a, it takes a good knowledge of being us able to understand how we genuinely feel. And if a safe space is not created in order for a spouse to actually communicate to the other individual, this is how I feel in this given situation, then you run into some potential downfalls and pitfalls. I mean, let's be honest, guys. We're, we're different. We're totally wired differently. Like I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. He's a man. I don't think the same way. And if 
you know, if he didn't understand that principle, it would be really hard for me to share some of the things I am feeling or thinking at different times because it's Mm -hmm. so foreign to the way he thinks. Many, many, many times I will say, oh, man, I'm really struggling with with this thing. And he's like, I don't even understand that. Why would you struggle with that? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, that may be his his default and then he realizes that's not helpful <laughs> you know but After like lots of trial and error yeah but i mean like that's an important thing to understand is that you know we are wired differently and that's how god wired us and that's okay but in order to be able to really be emotionally um intimate with one another we can't have a barrier where everything i say to you is garbage or is crazy and you react like I'm being crazy like that Mm -hmm. does not help our emotional intimacy right you have to be able to um process the fact that I think and feel differently than you and that's okay that's how I'm wired and be able to check your own response to that otherwise how would I feel comfortable sharing my thoughts and heart with you you know what I mean true very true I totally get that um, I'm going to tell on myself right now <laughs> as an example. Okay. So, um, you know, being the pastor of a church and Jen happens to work with me, she works with me part-time at the church. So unlike certain relationships, uh, where husband and wife don't actually work together, we work together. So there's plenty of different dynamics as it relates to the working relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Jen and I sometimes disagree about certain things when no. it comes to work. You don't disagree with your spouse about anything, do you, right? So, uh, especially as it relates to certain things with work, sometimes we have disagreements. Now, the problem is not the fact that she thinks differently than I do. Mm. She should have the liberty to be able to think differently than I do. And sometimes her viewpoint is a necessary viewpoint and it's something that I've come back to afterward and says she was right. Mm. And I listened to her and actually followed her lead on a decision that we made and it was the right decision. And so I have to recognize that she has wisdom and she has giftings and abilities and, you know, she has all that as well, you know? Thanks, honey. Well, you are so welcome. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, is that that's not the problem. The problem Mm -hmm. is, is if I create an atmosphere where immediately Jen feels that if she brings her feelings to me about a disagreement that she may have or generally how she's feeling about a certain situation, and if she perceives that I'm immediately going to trample on her or I'm just going to discredit her or I'm just going to essentially shut her up, for lack of a better word, and just don't want to hear what she has to say, then I'm not cultivating a safe space for her to be able to actually have her voice heard. Mic drop. Like, seriously, that was so good. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's so important. Like, so, so, so important. Yeah, she needs to have her voice be able to be heard. And so if not, I am communicating heaps and mounds of rejection, of which it may cause irreparable or very, very... uh, Lots of damage in our relationship that could take a long time to be able to heal because then her perception might be like this wounded animal in that way. It's like, okay, I've been hurt so much that I don't want to come to you with these feelings because you're just going to hurt me more. And so then there's no transparency. There's no authenticity. Nobody wants to walk around in a relationship on eggshells to feel like that they're always kind of being criticized or judged for what they say or what they feel. And so that's really, really important. And I have been so totally guilty of that sometimes as it relates to our work situation, but it has even bled over into other different things. And I have to take responsibility that 
if that sense of rejection is projected in her, it's not because of her. It's because I've created an unsafe environment. It's my fault in that way. I've created this, this, this environment where she feels like she cannot come to me with the way that she feels because of the rejection. I have made a space unsafe when it should never be the case when it comes to marriage. Well, and you know, we both can do that. It's not that you have necessarily been the only one. And I also think it's important to say that just because your spouse, you know, just like when I come to you with something, it doesn't mean that you're going to act on it either, right? Like, you mm-hmm. you know, it's just about being heard at that point. You know, it's just about being heard and being able to have a safe space where you can be heard. You know, not every, like, idea or thought or feeling can be acted upon, but it definitely, you definitely want your spouse to make make sure they feel heard. And that is so important. So yeah, there's so much value in that. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. So let me ask you all a question and throw out a question for you guys to consider related to this specific barrier. Does the climate of your relationship allow you and your spouse to communicate honestly about how you feel mm. without any idea of potential rejection? Why or why not? Is that safe space been created? Do you feel like you can come to your spouse with anything in that way? Um, so what can you do about it? Uh, if, if that space has not been created or what can you do about it to foster this kind of idea and go against this kind of fear of rejection is you can have what we like to call a courageous conversation. Yeah. Now that is not original with us. Some marriage mentors actually gave us to that a number of years ago, mm-hmm. but the idea of a courageous conversation is kind of like what it sounds. It's mustering up the courage to have a conversation that everybody knows needs to be had, but don't really want to have, but mm-hmm. being willing to walk in boldness. And sometimes it takes the first step of somebody who's willing to go outside of their comfort zone to do that Mm. so maybe you need to have a courageous conversation with your spouse and say i need to sit down with you and tell you how i'm feeling right now yeah i'm feeling rejected right now and and the funny thing is maybe some of those things were unintentional we may have unintentionally projected a sense of rejection and sometimes those things are intentional as well. And if it's intentional, those are things that we need to correct. Yeah. And if they were unintentional, maybe there's some misunderstanding or whatever. You're cultivating intimacy and communication because you're hearing each other and you're understanding each other yeah. from that. So have a courageous conversation today if you need to. That's so, so good. And, you know, sometimes those are conversations that do need to be sought out with counseling. You know, mm-hmm. not everything. Um, and we're going to I'm sure that'll come up throughout this podcast for Marriage Ignited, you know, we're huge advocates for counseling. um, And we can always um, send you a link to find some great Christian counselors um, in your area. That is a really great referral link. So the next option. So we've talked about barriers to um, emotional intimacy. We've talked about um, just checking out, mentally checking checking out. out. Mm -hmm. We've talked about rejection and now we're going to talk about bad communication. Um, so you guys, communication is something that we love to teach on. Yes. Um, and we have a ton of content to teach on. So we are not even scratching the surface tonight, uh, today with this um, topic. But I want you guys to just think about it as it relates to a barrier to emotional intimacy. If we are not communicating well, that is kind of a game changer, right? Yes. Like it totally makes a huge difference. So obviously we believe this and I know that you guys know this because this is like so foundational you know we believe that good communication is vital 
vital to a healthy and growing marriage. We all know that, right? I mean, the reality is, is that that's one of those unknown, that's one of those known things, but it's one of the things that's still worth repeating over and over again. And sometimes I think we just need to check in on it, you know, just check Mm -hmm. in and see how it's doing. So here's what bad communication looked like. Again, there's probably many more things that could be listed under this, but we're going to share a few. Okay. So bad communication looks like an inability to be assertive. You know, assertiveness gets a bad rap Mm -hmm. in our world. Like assertiveness is not aggression. Assertiveness is just being able to express your feelings and ask for what you want in a relationship. That is a definition that we love, love, love from Prepare and Rich. And that is a definition that's so clear. We have to be able to express our feelings and ask for what we want or need in a relationship. Doesn't that make so much sense, though? Yeah. It makes so much sense. I mean, we make it complicated. If you cannot express how you feel to your spouse, you will not grow intimately, period. And really all three of these areas. Yeah. But especially emotionally, you're not going to be able to connect. Yeah. If you, can do that. you can't do that. Yeah. So that's a huge one. Another... Uh, example, I guess, of bad communication is expecting your spouse to be able to read your mind. Ain't gonna work. Yo, like, listen, you guys, this is probably like, I swear, we've been doing marriage counseling for almost the whole time we've been married. So but like, let's say really a lot for the last 10 years. And we've seen so many couples and honestly, all of the problems that come in, I would say 90% of the problems that come in have boiled down to communication one way or another. Yeah. Even when there's been like infidelity and other things like that happening, it, it really, if you back back up in the relationship, it, it really did was because of communication. Sure. Right. So this comes up over and over and over again. Okay, you guys. So when it comes to bad communication, um, expecting our spouse to read our mind, that is not ever going to happen in the world. Like nope, nope, your nope. spouse is never going to read your mind. It doesn't matter if you've been married, you know, five years, 10 years, 30 years, 50 years. Um, yes. Couldn't they, can they kind of learn your rhythms in life? Yeah, that that's possible, but like, they're never going to be able to read your mind. And honestly, it's kind it's such a tool for bad communication because it really is forcing the other person to fail. Really, if you think about it, like if I'm waiting uh-huh. as your wife for you to read my mind and you're never going to get that, you're never going to do that. Like you don't have superpowers like Superman or whatever, you know, then you're going to fail at, at whatever my need is. You're never going to meet my need because you don't know my need. And then you're going to get caught up in this cycle where you're going to think, well, my spouse really doesn't care about me mm. because they're not meeting my needs. Yeah. And then that spouse doesn't even realize you haven't told me what's going on, but they get this sense and then passive aggressiveness kind of like leaps oh. in and it's like trying to drop these clues and how much more misery could just be shared if we could just simply say, this is what I need. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. You guys, it's, 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 it's not, it's not fun and games here, right? Like no. we have to be clear. We have to be, we have to be responsible with what we need and be able to share it. So expecting your spouse to read your mind doesn't work. Yeah. All right. The other one is unwilling or not um, being actively listening. What do we mean by actively listening? Actively listening is pretty simple. It's, you know, hearing, not just hearing the words that your spouse is saying, but actually like fully engaging um, and responding with understanding to what they're saying. So when we say active listening, this is something that we love, um, a concept from Prepare and Rich and many other marriage tools teach this. And it, it's really all about really listening for understanding, not just to respond. 
Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I have to say a funny story here, because uh, I happen to have. Uh, I can remember things a lot of times. Pause. So he's a genius, you guys. Like, <laughs> no, he's literally a genius. Like, no. he's got like a really big brain, and he just remembers all the things. Well, Jen, we we <laughs> joke, uh, but it's not really a joke. We can laugh about it now because now we've gained understanding. But there would be times when Jen and I would be sitting next to each other, and she would communicate, and so she's saying words. And I am semi-checked out, but I'm checked in enough to the conversation that I can actually hear the words that she's communicating. And so I will be listening to the words, and then Jen will all of a sudden tell me, she'll stop, and she'll be like, are you even listening to me? And just for me to prove that I was somewhat hearing the words, I would recite to her basically everything that she said. She picked up on this very quickly, though. It wasn't the fact that I was actually really listening. See, that's not active listening. Right. I wasn't listening to understand her heart and what she was communicating. I was listening just to either get out of the conversation or to move it on or whatever the case may be. I was somewhat engaged and I heard words, but I didn't hear her heart. That's important. Active listening isn't just hearing words. It's hearing the person's heart. So that way you get understanding and gain understanding in it. So good. So when it comes to... um a barrier to intimacy, to emotional intimacy, um, you know, bad communication is huge. So what does good communication look like? This is, again, just a little, it's a little highlight of what we're going to go into more in future podcasts, okay? Um, so good, good communication, we love this definition from Prepare and Rich. Um, it's honest. It's immediate. It's clear. It's supportive, paper switch. <laughs> and it's to the point. So you guys, honest, let's just talk about what that looks like. Um, saying what you mean and meaning what you say. That's it. Pretty simple. It's immediate. Communicating quickly. Um, this is so important because it helps you from bottling up those feelings and having like an issue later on, um, whether that's an emotional issue or even a physical issue when you bottle up those feelings. Yeah. Being clear. This means no hinting, um, one thing at a time and knowing the difference between facts and opinions. Okay. Being supportive. You know, if you're really trying to communicate with your spouse and you're attacking the person and not the problem together, that's never going to be effective. Okay. So be supportive, you know, try to choose statements that are helpful and not hurtful. We say life-giving, right? Things that will build up, not tear down. Exactly. And then to the point, okay, stay on topic. It's so easy to like just ramble on or get on other topics, you know, when you're working through something or when you're sharing about something with your spouse. So stay on topics so you don't forget what you're talking about. And so you're spouse doesn't forget what you're talking about yeah so we're just scratching the surface with communication but we want to say another basic principle communication at its essence and its core is really twofold it's the sending of a message and it's the receiving of a message i know i just blew your mind right then and now. <laughs> but here's the reality about this so how do you actually send a message most of the time when we think about communication we think about what we're doing right now I'm talking to you, right? We think about verbal communication, actually using words. However, studies have really shown that 
about 93% of our actual communication has zero to do with what is actually coming out of our mouth. Majority of it has to do with our tone and it has to do with our body language. But if you think about that, that makes so much sense. If you're standing face to face with another person and if they say, I love you, but they have their arms crossed and they have a mad dog look on their face, you ain't really going to believe the words that are coming out of their mouth. Right. Yeah. So your your body language and your tone says a whole lot about what you're actually trying to say. Mm -hmm. And so that is very, very important when it comes to communication. The I. The ideal form of communication is still to this day, even me being a millennial is still face to face contact. All right. And the reason why is that, especially when it comes into conflict, when we get to conflict, this is huge. A lot of times we communicate by various quick means, right? We do a text, we send an email. Those are just quick, various different means and we can communicate certain things through those mediums. The problem is, is that when you read words on a screen, you cannot see the person's face. You can't see their body language. You can't see their tone. So it leaves a whole lot of room for interpretation about what is actually being communicated in the message that you are receiving. And so ideally, especially when it comes to your spouse, and we'll get a lot into this when we talk about conflict, you want to communicate as much as you can when you need to communicate things that are very important. You need to communicate those things face to face. Face to face is the only way, you guys. He's so right. Mm-hmm. The message get lo- gets lost. Think about how mm-hmm. this works, even with your coworkers, the other people in your family, friends. When you send a text and you got you get a text back and you're like, "What in the world?" Like they totally didn't get what I was saying. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah, that that's the only way. It's the best way. It is face to face. All right, you guys. So. We have covered some barriers to emotional intimacy. We hope this was a blessing to you. Um, Those barriers were, again, mentally checking out, um, fear of rejection, and bad communication. So what we want you guys to do, the tool for this episode um, is going to be, we want you to review some of the questions that we, what we asked. We're going to have them um, listed out in the uh, show notes and the description, video description. And we want you to um, spend some time like thinking about them, journaling them, writing Mm -hmm. them down, writing your answers down to some of these questions. They're really questions rooted in each one of those areas, areas of barriers that, kind of really are reflective of where are you at with those? How are you contributing to some of those? Yeah. And the whole point is to foster discussion. Yeah. And then we want you to take your answers if, if possible in your relationship, because not all relationships, it may not be possible, but if possible in your relationship, sit down with your spouse and talk through those questions together and talk through your answers, kind of evaluate where are you guys on your emotional intimacy and how can you grow? What, what things, what barriers are you contributing as a spouse to the barriers in your relationship for as far as emotional intimacy? Yeah, and we think that it'll be very helpful. And how much can you grow emotionally by taking that time and actually spending that time together and communicating and creating safe space to be able to do so? Yes, so good. So uh, next week and next week's episode, we are going to talk about the second of these kind of barriers to intimacy. Uh, And we're going to talk about it from the concept of spiritual intimacy next week. We're really excited to be able to share that with you. And we are so excited about sharing a tool that, Jen created that we have utilized in our marriage uh, and it's been such an amazing, amazing 
blessing to our marriage that we have used time and time again now. So we can't wait to be able to give that to you. So we are going to drop new content, new episode every Tuesday. That's the goal. And we want to bring you both the kind of practical and spiritual. uh, So that way you can utilize this podcast to invest into your marriage. So if you're watching this video and you like this content, please subscribe to this channel. It'll give great exposure to Marriage Ignited. Um, Like this video, um, but also share this with a friend. Uh, Share this with a couple that you know that may benefit from this type of content. Um, You know, word of mouth is the best way that this is going to be able to spread. And we'd love to uh, see it invest in many, many more marriages. Yeah. And you guys, we're covering a bunch of different topics. I shared the last time we're going to be covering so many things um, related to communication, conflict. Um, We're going to be sharing our story with infertility. Mm -hmm. But if you have a topic that you would love for us to to address on the podcast, please drop that in the comments we would love to hear from you just um, your thoughts things that stood out to you um, during today's podcast but also any ideas that you had that you would like to uh, like us to address in future podcasts Um, we're also so excited to be with you guys next Tuesday and continuing this conversation on barriers to intimacy um, it is going to be such a great episode we can't wait guys all right you guys we'll see you then have a great week Mm -hmm.